Welcome to Broke to Rich with KB, where we believe wealth is a mindset. B2R is a community space that promotes physical, financial, and mental wellness by highlighting personal experiences and offering educational tips to break cycles and habits that prevent you from being free to think, feel, and move as you want, being your authentic self. I'm KB, and let's get into it. Lifers, let's get right into it. Today, I want to talk about financial literacy. So y'all know I like my definitions off the internet. So doing some research, financial literacy, it refers to a variety of important financial skills and concepts, financial money. It's defined as the ability to understand and make use of a variety of financial skills. What are those skills, you might ask? It includes personal financial management, budgeting, and investing. It means comprehending financial principles and concepts such as the time value of money, compound interest, managing debt, and financial discipline. So I'm so confused. Why don't they teach this in school? And if you've been listening, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. And I believe it's a reason behind it. Like you want to keep people ignorant, right? Because it's all a cycle of debt, but it's okay. Because guess what? Broke to Rich is here to grow. We're here to grow and we're going to start by just tapping in into these so-called basic financial concepts, as they call it. So what are those basic financial concepts, right, that they say we should know and that I feel should definitely have been taught in high school? That's budgeting, saving, investing, and debt management. I had to read that off just so I could make sure I got across specifically them four points, all right? So we're going to tap into a little bit about each point. Upfront budgeting. You got to have this done first before you could do anything else. So what's budgeting? That's balancing your expenses with your income. But what's a budget? The budget is then that spending plan based on your income and your expenses. I will tell you, I didn't hear anything about a budget. Nobody told me about anything until high school. I got my first car. That was the first conversation around budgeting. My grandma was fortunate enough to kind of come across some bread and she helped me get my first car because I was busy. I had a job and as well as just after school activities and everything, it was a need, so to speak. So the way she taught it to gas money, she said, you're going to want to go to the movies. You're going to want to do the things that you like to do. So that first step was like, all right, looking at what my hobbies were. What are the things that I like to do that I would need money for? So once I understood that and kind of figured out, all right, well, if I go out once a week, how much was I spending? All right, that's how much I needed to put aside each paycheck. Again, you can't just be out here wilding and buying stuff and you don't have the bare minimums. And for me in high school, kind of the bare minimum was gas money. Definitely having a job, that would be a bad look. But that built the foundation for me. And that carried over to college, my budgeting, I guess, experience. There, I started considering kind of books and supplies, things that I would need. Listen, the things that you like, <laughs> I don't want to say take for granted, but for sure, you get so accustomed to maybe your parent or parental figure kind of buying you kind of your necessities. I remember going back home when, I don't know, probably like a year or two, and like I'm in Walmart with my mom, and I'm like, man, I sure can use some socks. I sure can use some underwear. Man, sis just looked at me, <laughs> she walked off. So needless to say, right, it was all right. You got to start covering these things. Having line of sight of that helped me kind of understand how hard I needed to be during the summertime saving money. And also not even just during the summertime, but during the school year as well, because I still had needs and I still needed money. Right. But at least understanding my basic needs and what I wanted to do. All right. I had sort of a goal, something to reach towards. 
all right, graduate, get into adulthood. That just expanded to more bills. <laughs> so like all before, it was maybe my two or three little bills that I had. I stayed on campus, so I didn't kind of jump out there like that so quickly. But as soon as I graduated and went full adult, it became more bills and became goals that honestly, I didn't have a why to. So we'll talk a little bit why, like how bad that was of not having a why in regards into doing that. So into adulthood with that, I budgeted out my bills. So I understood how much I was spending on food, but that was it, right? And the way that you're able to do that is like, pull your statement. That thing will humble you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just to see like where you're spending your money. And that's key to determining your budget. The main thing I looked at was what I was spending food on. I was like going out to eat as well as my groceries. Now those unplanned expenses, baby, that is what got me in trouble. And I mentioned this in another episode where like I was living paycheck to paycheck. Like I wasn't robbing Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Like the bills were paid, but my credit card debt made. Listen, that got a little out of control. And that's why I say it was unplanned expenses because just moving without any intention and just, I was a broke college kid. So like coming across some change in adulthood, That Plaid song, listen, I was buying whatever I wanted and I didn't really need that stuff on hindsight looking back at it, but that's budgeting. Like fully understanding how much money you have coming in and like how much you have going out. You definitely don't want to be in a deficit and that means spending more money than you have coming in. Bad look, but that was my childhood of what I saw, (laughs) fortunately. Savings, all right? So savings is putting aside a portion of your income with no intent to use it immediately. And you can't save without understanding your budget and what discretionary funds you have available. Now, what's discretionary? Y'all, that's just free money. But it's a term I want you to hear and be familiar with because you'll see it as you kind of delve into your financial literacy journey. So there's a few ways to save. Got the old school way being physical cash. I'll never forget. Like I, I would go and maybe ask my grandma for something. Or she'll have me go to the store for her and like she'll have these random envelopes in like different places in her room. But that was physical money. Physical money is a good idea or an option if you are one of those people who do not have the discipline. Listen, please be honest with yourself. And step seven to a broke to rich mindset, you got to hold yourself accountable. So if you know you are not disciplined with using your debit card, credit card, Apple wallet, you name it, right? If you know you don't have it, physical cash is an option for you to getting a hold of your finances. And what that looks like is you still need to understand that budget part of what you have going out versus what you have coming in, understanding your bills. And that's taking the cash out, right? To like pay for groceries, to pay for gas. It's harder for you to spend your money, but it would help you not overspend. Because then if you get into the discipline of like, oh, well, I'm tapped out. I got more physical cash. That may help you. And then also reading this book, I can't remember the name of the book, but they talked about experiment that was done. And then sometimes it's holding on to the cash. You have that fear of like, oh no, you can see it and it's tangible. So you're a bit more responsible with it. All right, so physical cash is an option. The other option would be kind of a savings account when you go to open a checking account. I remember from high school, whenever I opened my first checking account, when I got my first job, I feel like the savings accounts are automatic. And just they're there to kind of sign up, even like the most recent account a few years ago that I signed up online. It was just like, hey, here's this savings account. Which kind would you like? With the savings account, you can make transactions in person or at an ATM. But listen, (laughs) we're going to take that thing a step further. High yield savings account. That is what you want to do for your savings. It's online only. So there's advantages in that 
in that it's a little harder for you to get your money. And I mean, only get it to like take it out to spend it type of thing, right? Because it's easily accessible. It's online. So like I can transfer money in between accounts as I need to. However, it's not immediate. So that delay of kind of gratification and instant it being there kind of helps you reevaluate some things and be like, "Mm, do I really need this? And those high yield savings account, y'all, you earn more pennies on your money. All of these savings accounts, typically the interest rate kind of earning pennies on pennies, definitely depending on how much money you have in the account. So I don't want you to think that, oh, I'm about to open this savings account and be bracking in dough. It's all a percentage and it's based on how much you have in the account. But don't let, listen, let them pennies add up because then you're going to see them pennies turn into dollars and you're going to be like, oh, look at me. I definitely be looking at it like, oh, girl, look at that little thing trying to grow. It's still small, but I'd be proud of like the discipline and challenging. I like to see it grow. But that high yield savings account, you get higher rates than those traditional savings accounts that's attached to your checking account. Typically, it's like 20 to 25 percent higher interest rate on your deposits. Definitely do your research because the rates right now, they're ranging between, I think, like four and five percent. So listen, do what you need to do. Look into it like it's serious. I'll never forget when I learned about it. And I probably learned about it a year and a half ago or so, maybe a year. And guess what? I took the money. I think I might have had like two or three regular savings accounts across the different banks. And I didn't close them, but I took the money I had out of them. And I opened a high yield savings account and you can open as many as you want. So that's understanding your goals and also, again, discretionary funds and how much you have available. But I have one for each account. I've talked about this before. I have three nieces. So I have a kid's account. I have a general savings account, which is like my emergency fund. I have travel account. I have a splurge account. And that's to to help me with the impulsive buys that I've noticed I do at times. And then I also have a birthday account. So got a big birthday coming up in five years and I definitely want to do something really nice, but I ain't trying to go in debt for that. So I have a high yield savings account for that. Another way to save money market accounts. So these are interest bearing accounts. These typically you can find at a bank or a credit union and they offer a higher interest rate than your regular savings account that you would get. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that those are matching or close to what the high yield savings accounts offer you. The difference is these are a bit more strict. They aren't as flexible and kind of pulling your money out as you need it. But honestly, when the goal is to save money, you don't want to spend that money or have easy access to it if you aren't disciplined. So that might be a good challenge for you or a need, right? If you aren't as disciplined. Certificate of deposits are another example or another way to save money, also known as CDs. If you have looked, just kind of you've seen them online or you've seen them on your bank going to the bank website. Here, it's a limit access to cash for a certain period of time in exchange for a higher interest rate. I haven't tapped into those. Just I'm not there yet in a place to want to sit that in because for me in my financial situation, I would want to put a large amount in it and I'd rather just sit it in my high yield savings account. I'm still that broke kid from Savannah, Georgia. That's like, I need to be able to easily access my money. So I'm not quite there yet for the CDs, but the deposit terms range from like anywhere to three months to five years. The longer the term, the higher the interest rate typically. And then you can withdraw from them early, but there are penalties. So that's just something to consider. You got many ways to save out there. So think about what your goals are and figure it out, right? Move with intention, have a why. Check out the other episode of talking about the importance of your why, because baby, listen, if you don't have that why, you will say yes to everything 
not considering yourself, right? And that why will keep you motivated. That why will keep you focused. That why will help you say no's, which is a journey that I have been on, especially with my family. So we talked about budgeting. We talked about saving, investing. All right. So listen, saving is cool, but investing is your money, making money for you. All right. This is something that I wish I knew about earlier when I was younger. I've always kind of had the discipline of like, oh, I need to put money to the side and save. But like that money wasn't making money for me, y'all. So like that's what investing is. Even if the amount would have been small, I wish I still would have started earlier because the interest compounds over time. And that's why it's imperative to start now. The earlier, the better. If you have kids, start something for them. And even if you can only put in $5 a week or $5 a month and you can slowly increase that, it all helps. Because I'm sure if I would have started that when I was earlier, by the time I got to college, it might have would have paid for a book or something, right? Like that's a whole different journey of those college struggles. But the investing piece is helpful kind of for the longer term goals. And because it's invested, so to speak, if y'all could see me with my quotations, there is risk, right? But the risk there is supposed to be offset by the positive expected returns over time. And I can say I've seen this in my 401k for sure. Like I let that thing sit there and I don't even look at it. I might, may look every now and then so that I don't have the pressures of like, oh my gosh, it's down and oh my gosh, it's up. I just, hey, all right, that thing moving. Again, it's a long term and the risk is there, but you should get the positive returns over time. So I'll start with 401k up first. So 401ks, it's retirement focused and typically set up through your job. First grown up job, we'll say after I graduated college, y'all, I had no idea what I was doing. I just saw it was there. I kind of just signed up. I definitely missed out on taking advantage of like going as high so that the company would match to their max, if that makes sense. Like my company would match up to 8%. And I didn't know. And like, listen, I keep telling y'all being a broke kid, I wanted my money at my fingertips. Instead of realizing I could access my money if I needed to, I was like, nah, I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm gonna put the bare minimum in here. But it took someone telling me like, hey, you know, you can take a loan from yourself if you need to. So once I figured that out, and understood they're like, oh, well, if it really, really get tight and I need some money, I could just take a loan for myself and pay myself back. Now, listen, here we go talking about checking yourself and holding yourself accountable. If you are not disciplined enough to pay it back, avoid taking a loan from your 401k, all right? Because you will risk losing everything as you keep taking those loans from yourselves and you don't pay it back. I will say I've used it twice and each time it was for purchasing real estate. And I paid those back aggressively, just understanding my why and the importance of it to help me. One more thing, too, about the 401k is you can like max. There's an annual contribution that you can max out. Now, I'm still not there at maxing that out. Just my lifestyle ain't there yet, but I'm doing something. So I want y'all to like not beat yourself up about it or compare yourself to other people. Right. Do what you can and do what you're comfortable doing. Another way to invest brokerage accounts. Brokerage accounts, think Robinhood and Charles Schwab's. So these investment accounts, they allow you to buy and sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. I'm sure you have seen it everywhere on social media. I mean, that kind of being, not the rave, right? But just people are sharing what they know so that we can all be a part of that, right? So whether you're setting aside money for the future or saving up for a big purchase, you can use your funds whenever and however you want. So that's what I like about the brokerage account because you can sell the items out and have that money to you. Y'all, I don't know what I'm doing, but I am playing around with it. I've been blessed to kind of have a little bit of extra change working out of the country right now. So I've been playing around with it. 
For me, my intention is to use it for long-term plays. So thinking about the stocks that I use all the time. So I have Apple, Nike, Amazon stock. And just letting it sit there and kind of buying a little bit at a time. And the beautiful part about it, y'all, if you have $25, you can buy $25 worth of a share if you can't afford to buy the whole thing. Again, just start small. Don't feel overwhelmed about it. The beautiful part about that too is if you're one of those people, you're active and you're into it, it could also be a quick play. But you have to watch it like a hawk eye. You got to be active, paying attention to like the market and what's going on so that you could sell at the right time if you're one of those aggressive people. So that's the brokerage account. Now, IRAs, those are individual retirement accounts. These allow you to save money for retirement with tax-free growth or a tax-deferred basis, if I'm not mistaken. Note that if you do have a 401k plan, there are some income limitations. IRAs are definitely helpful for people who jobs do not offer 401k or if you're self-employed. So please look into it. Just because your job may not offer a 401k, all hope is not lost for kind of planning for your retirement. Please do your research. There are three different types and some have contribution limits based on your income. And I do believe that there is a required minimum distribution on some of them as well. So that means like at, by a certain age, you have to like withdraw a certain amount of money. So please, I can't stress it enough. Please do your research and ask questions to find out what best fits you. A lot of these places have numbers and chats where you can contact an advisor and talk to them. So do your research. Again, you look at this stuff on social media. I jumped in and was like, oh, let me open up an IRA. And I was going to target to try to max. I think it was like 6,500 is the limit. I believe it changes every year. So I was like, yep, the year for 2023, it was 6,500. I'm like, yep, I'm going to try to max this thing out. And then I went to do my taxes and they were like, hey, lady, being a W-tour, they were like, there is a limit and you are over that limit. So if you don't want to pay taxes on this, we recommend you move the money over. So I moved it from IRA just into a brokerage account. So do your research. So the foundation of building wealth, financial wealth, because y'all know, listen, that wealth applies to your physical and your mental health. All right. So, but building that financial wealth, it's not just to save your money. It's putting your money to work so it grows faster than it would if you just let it sit in a traditional savings account or you have it sitting in cash. And look at investing as a way to get an extra boost to help you reach your goals, right? Because you're getting money on your money. Whereas if your money is sitting in a savings account, the bank going to use your money to make money off your money because they're going to loan the money out. If y'all didn't know that, that's what the banks do. So put the power in your hands and let you make some money off your money. Last but not least, probably the most ego checking and probably hard piece, debt management. Not all debt is bad. All right. It's not all bad. And it's kind of not avoidable for most of us, um, including myself. So my debt right now are my mortgages. And it'll probably be a very long while before I'm like, yup, I could buy this $200,000 house in cash. Here you go. Not that it's not possible, but it would just take more time, right? To reach those goals, it requires big sacrifice that I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think I'm ready for right now. But debt management is basically like planning the debt you're looking to take on and paying it back. Please be aware of what you're getting yourself into. Back to the first bullet point that we talked about being a budget. Develop a budget of your income and your expenses. This will help you ensure that you can afford to pay all of your monthly payments. 
Like I said, all debt isn't bad. So what's good debt? Good debt helps you generate income and build network. So think about mortgages, businesses, and student loans. Those are examples of good debt. Now, bad debt. Bad debt is money that you borrow to purchase rapidly depreciating assets or assets for consumptions. So here, definitely think about clothes, cars, and consumable goods. Yes, I'm sorry to tell you folks, most cars are a depreciating asset. Soon as you drive that thing off the lot, bloop, the value of it drops. So kind of think about if it won't go up in value or generate income, then you shouldn't go into debt to buy it. That's if you can't afford it. Everyone's financial situation is different. So you understanding your personal financial situation, being honest with yourself and not comparing yourself to other people, that helps you determine what's good debt or bad debt and how much you can afford. So let's recap real quick. Budgeting, saving, investing, and debt management, those are money concepts to focus on, right? If you don't know anything, start on those right now. So whether you realize it or not, budgeting and debt management, that's the root of either our frustration or our guiding light of confidence in our everyday life when it comes to financial security. Budgeting is understanding what you are spending first, what you have coming in and a plan on your money. Understand your budget. You understand how much free money you have available to save and or invest. Remember that term? Discretionary. All right. Look at savings for like your short term goals and you could look at investing as your long term goals. Savings is low risk, but it offers minimal return. Savings could be your emergency fund planning for a trip. All right. Investing. That is retirement, kids, college, down payment on a house. Like I said, it's higher risk, but you have higher returns on investing. And debt management is having a plan to understand how much debt you can afford. Each of us have our own financial journeys and they're different. All right. So please, please don't compare yourself to others and don't feel like it's too late to start or correct from a path. If you feel like you're heading down a spirally, spirally slope, it is never too late. Right now, will it be easy? Well, no, it ain't going to be easy. <laughs> but if you have identified kind of your whys and they're clear. Write them down on a sticky note, put them in your phone, put it as your screen wall saver. Say it to yourself every day, three times a day if you need to. If you have a clear and identified why and you understand that you have a choice, I think that's the biggest thing that we miss is we don't understand that we have a choice to say no, to say yes, to buy things, to not buy things, to spend money on going out to eat or not going out to eat or buying this Louis Vuitton purse instead of just going to buy a purse out of Ross. Listen, you have a choice and I don't think we realize that we have a choice, all right? So if you identify your why, you understand that you have a choice and you also have to be willing to sacrifice. If you're willing to sacrifice for your goals and to do better and to be better, you can do it. And also give yourself grace because if you falter and backslide, just never quit. All right, in my financial goals, in my physical goals, (laughs) in my mental goals, I never quit. And I feel like that's been the grace. Like I'm giving myself empathy and I'm like, long as you don't quit, because if you quit, it's, I don't even know to explain like if you quit, like you're a quitter, you're a quitter and that just, that, that says certain things about you. So just never quit, right? You might get discouraged, but you get discouraged, lean on your village. It's important to have the right people around you, right? I was perfect and I'm still not because I was definitely on an up and down cycle before of saving. I would sit there and I would save, but then not controlling my debt, that debt management not controlling my debt, not paying attention to what I would be spending. Then I got to go on my savings account to get a handle on things. I'm like, oh, oh, that's getting out of control. Then I look at my budget. Dang, I can't afford to pay my credit card bill. Letting that thing roll over, go into my savings account. Then I'm back at square one. But I never, ever gave up and I don't give up. I just knock it off, try to learn from where I made the mistake to do better. 
And then what's crazy is to think about what I was spending the money on, y'all. It was everything that we just talked about. That's bad debt. (laughs) That was bad debt. I was buying clothes, consumable goods, like materialistic things that didn't have any value. And I don't have majority of them today. Right. So, again, it's just we don't know what we don't know. And that's OK. But like kind of be curious to know better, do better. Or you hear something and look into it. All right. It's all right. So lifers, listen, you aren't alone and you ain't got to do this alone. All right. So please come join a community to learn, get advice, share your experiences. We don't know what we don't know. And it takes each of us doing our part, sharing what we know. Thanks for listening. I hope you were able to take something away from this episode. If so, please share and let us know. Hell, if you have a story or tips to share, share that too. It takes a village, and with each of us doing our part, we can grow and reach a level of freedom unimaginable. See you next week.